checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kapner, Idea Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, Cut Down Day is here. We made Chargers it. 53 man roster is finalized. Um, some surprises. Some surprises. Based off of our show yesterday, things we definitely were not expecting to take place. So we'll obviously get into that as the show rolls on. But to help us break down everything as it currently stands right now with the 53-man roster, with training cam standouts, and as we get closer to week one of the NFL regular season, as I always like to say, Dan Wolkenstein working the phones once again. Special guest on the show for Chargers Unleashed today, Dan Wolkenstein, if you would. Yes, uh, Chargers team reporter, Super Bowl host, by the way. She's glowing up before our eyes, which is incredible to see. A friend of the show, Haley Elwood, joins Chargers Unleashed to talk about all things 53-man roster, some surprises, like you mentioned, Jake, as well as we'll talk about Miami, what to expect from this defensive identity, Justin Herbert, the receivers, all of that and more. Exciting times, Chargers fans, we made it. We finally got to the 53-man roster. Again, the initial... 53-man roster. Things could very well change. But we saw some interesting news, Jake. Elijah Dotson, week one preseason darling, makes the team. AJ Finley comes out of nowhere to make the team. Stone Smart. They go with four tight ends. Stone Smart makes the team. Some guys obviously did not make the team. Uh, Notable names that did not make it, Jake. Taiwan Mullen, Jerron Clark, Max Duggan. Among the names, Zach Bailey. Zach Bailey, which a lot of people have questions about, uh, makes you wonder about the <laughs> <laughs> offensive line depth. Uh, both John Hightower and Keelan Doss did not make the initial 53 man roster. Uh, again, this is early. We'll see how things go when the 1,500 other players are announced officially. But lots of things to dissect, but excited to talk about who did make the team with Haley Elwood. Coming up next on Charges Unleashed, but before we get to that, Jake, let's talk about our friends over at Aura. Identity theft prevention is real. Jake, how many times have you and I gotten those spam calls from robocallers or people asking us for random information that we got to sell all of our stuff and try to get all of our money and everything and identity and uh, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, our friends over at Aura are helping with all of that. Uh, two weeks free trial. Check it out with our friends over at Aura. We'll be back in 45 seconds to talk with special guest Haley Elwood on Chargers Unleashed. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? (gasps) Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf, and brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. 
Well, we are very excited, very fortunate to have friend of the show and special guest, Chargers team reporter and Super Bowl host, by the way. Haley Elwood joins us on Chargers Unleashed, I believe, for the third year. This is becoming an inaugural thing. Haley, welcome to Chargers Unleashed again. How are you? Thanks, guys. I'm great. I know we were just kind of talking off camera. I said this is like a tradition unlike any other. We are about to kick off the season, and I join you and... Here we are, back at it, another year. Um, the off season's just crazy, right? It just flies by like nobody's business. And then here we are in, what, it's September at the end of this week, right? That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, Jake, it's only September. It's only it's like just a couple of days away. See, to the people who experience the off season the way I do, it's like the hours go by and they feel like years. So just to get to this point in general feels like it's been a trek Good. since January. So happy we're finally here. Happy for the start of the season. Yeah. yeah, so we have, a, we have a very fun show today and uh, very timely as we just got word of the 53-man roster being finalized, some surprise keeps and releases, which we'll kind of get into a little bit here. Obviously, you got to talk about kind of preseason storylines and training camp kind of aftermath, if you will. We'll talk about some of the expectations of this team and then finally get into week one preview, which we actually get to talk about real football here really? in just less than 10 days. But uh, Haley, starting off, 53-man roster. Some surprise keeps on the team. I think the one that is most surprising, uh, at least to folks outside, A.J. Finley, the safety. Uh, Elijah Dotson, week one darling, was kept as well. Uh, some cuts, but what are your thoughts on the overall 53 that remain on the roster? I know it's initial, but what are your yes. thoughts on the team so far? That's the key word, right? The initial 53 is, I forget when you guys put this out, but if it's tomorrow, which would be Wednesday. Who knows how many more changes might happen until then. But look, uh, um, I do want to talk about AJ Finley for a second, because one of the best parts of my job in training camp is to be on our preseason broadcast. And that means getting to talk with the Chargers players and coaches, you know, in production meetings, we get to kind of, you know, tap their brain and, and get a look into some of these guys who are maybe on the back end of the roster who obviously otherwise wouldn't get talked about. And AJ Finley came up numerous times and Brandon Staley specifically mentioned how good of a makeup he has. And he really thought he had a chance to make it. And Derek Ansley sort of echoed those comments as well, that he really stands out. And I think when you look at him and when you look at Dotson, it's really what you do in games, right? Like that's the biggest part of the off season of training camp and the preseason is training camp's great and guys are out there and you can make plays, but you're going up against your own team. Some days you're obviously, you're not tackling to the ground. You know, that's the one thing we heard this entire preseason in camp was this coaching staff really wanted to emphasize tackling and really wanted to emphasize physicality. You get that opportunity in games. And I think with those two players, as of now, to make that initial 53, they clearly showed something. And I think the other thing, too, is we don't see it all. You know, we're not in the meeting rooms. And so to hear kind of Staley and DA talk about Finley in that way, it's it's what they obviously saw on the field, but maybe some of what they saw on the back end, too, that, that really impressed him. And so he was just one of those guys, you know, we never got to talk really about him on the broadcast, but they were literally, I have my like giant packet of notes from preseason and, and he had little bullet points underneath just from some of the meetings that we had. The the wider, I guess the wide receiver surprises, both Keelan Doth and John, John Hightower were released. We'll see what happens with uh, them being brought back on the practice squad. Who knows? But Wide receiver, currently there are five. Like, what do you make of the decision to go five wide receivers, four tight ends with Stone Smart? Like, do you think that stays? Like, what's your kind of makeup or thoughts on just five receivers on the team right now? You know, I think it's one of those things we'll kind of see how it plays out. Obviously, Darius Davis being one of those guys, and we know where he'll be utilized probably 
more primarily than in the receiving game, and that would be on special teams. But I don't know. I think um, these rosters are so interesting off the bat because everyone has questions and everyone kind of parses through. But again, there's going to be so much movement that happens. And I think when you look at maybe if you want to call it like the core four that the Chargers have and Mike and Keenan and Quentin and Joshua Palmer, that's a good group right there. Building that depth behind it is going to be key. And I know we'll we'll kind of talk about this in a little bit, but depth was one of the things that got the Chargers to the playoffs last year. You know, having depth and having some of those, you know, back end, those back end of some position groups sort of really rounded out. And so look, right now they're they're might be satisfied with what's there and and currently how it stands, but you never know who else is going to get released from other teams. And you might not know, you know, Hey, if some guy goes hurt, you add guys to the practice squad and that'll obviously get filled out tomorrow. And there might be an opportunity that some of those guys come back and who knows may make the active roster later this year. Now, Haley, uh, in terms of just, obviously you were out there on the sidelines throughout all of OTAs training camp throughout the preseason on the sidelines and just in terms of lasting takeaways that you took from training camp and preseason overall, whether we're talking about Brandon Staley in his third year, the arrival of Kellen Moore, Derek Ansley now uh, in charge of the defense and the new players. What are some of your lasting takeaways from the last several weeks? So there's, it's a twofold kind of two pronged situation. One is that depth that I just kind of mentioned. And that's the fact that Brandon Staley said it best, this team would not have made the playoffs last year if it wasn't for the depth. Think about some of the receiving core in a few of those games and how much some of those back-ended players had to do to make up for the loss of Keenan and Mike sometimes at the same time. Yeah. So when you bring in maybe even a couple of the younger players, like the top three draft picks that this team had this season, those guys aren't necessarily tasked with making an impact right away, but they're getting to learn from awesome veterans in their room and really sort of be guided along. The second prong is continuity. So there weren't a whole lot of changes with this Chargers team from last year to this year. And that was something that Brandon Staley has talked about. It's something Tom Telesco has talked about. If you wanna use the phrase, run it back, they're running it back essentially with a couple tweaks here and there, one of them being Eric Kendricks. But because of that, Staley had said this team was really wired to respond. He had told me, and I, I did a report on this in the first preseason game that they got in the room for training camp and what did they talk about? They talked about the Jacksonville game and they really had to confront it. And, but look, the team, the large amount of the team that played in that game is back this year. So you could confront it. You could have honest conversations about it. And he said, we needed to do it. And we were able to move on, but because so much of this group is still kept together, he said, they're tight. They're wired to respond. And that continuity really brings confidence. The offense is new. Yes. And they're kind of learning things together. The defense is back and gelling together now for a third year under Brandon Staley. But truthfully, those kind of two pronged things, I think, is what really stood out to me and, and what will, you know, hopefully bode well for this team in 2023. You mentioned the depth. Uh, Justin Herbert was paid uh, quite a lot of money. And what that means is the Chargers are going to have to hit on their draft picks more often than not, especially now with the new con contract. And I think I want to talk about the second year players and the rookies who Although they don't have to be making like huge roles, what you're seeing is some of these younger guys really excelling and taking a step forward. I'm talking second-year players like JT Woods. Mm -hmm. We're talking about rookies like Thule, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, Scott Matlock. There's a whole bunch of second-year Isaiah Spiller. Now looks like he's a very different player. A whole bunch of guys seem to be developing quite nicely on that younger end. Talk to us about just that younger group, what you've seen from them so far and how maybe that's different than what we've seen years past because you've covered the team for a bit. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think with someone like JT Woods, he was a guy who this preseason, we knew we weren't going to see Derwin out there and we weren't going to see a Loey Gilman out there. And so the way that Brandon Staley described JT Woods to the rest of us was we want to see him run the show at safety and we want to see him do these things. And I think he had led the team in tackles in that 49ers final preseason game. He's playing with more confidence this year. And I think you can kind of see that permeate throughout some of those other roles. Dean Leonard, Isaiah Spiller, you mentioned and then when you get to the rookies, I'll, I'll kind of touch on what I briefly mentioned earlier is the fact that these guys, and Brandon Staley had said this, are all, at least let's talk about Quentin, let's talk about Thule and talk about Dayon. They are put into groups where they have these vested veterans, immediate mentorship, just right there accessible to them. So with Quentin, you have Keenan and Mike. With Thule, you have obviously um, – Bosa and Mac. And then with Dayon, you have Kendricks and Kenneth Murray to a point. And so you get these guys in these pods with these veterans where they're able to ask them questions. I know we've talked, I'm sure you guys have about the Thule Sir Bosa discourse that, <laughs> that we heard throughout the preseason, but it's just a really, really awesome thing. And I'm not saying no other team has it. And I'm not saying these Chargers teams haven't had it before, but you're really walking into a situation as some of these younger guys where you're really blessed with just older players that you can look up to who you can learn a lot from. And I think the best thing too, like I said, is the fact that those three rookies don't really have to come in, God forbid an injury happens, but they can kind of just learn the ropes and learn their role and get in when they need to get in. But it's not like you're being tasked right away with, you know, coming off the edge and getting to the quarterback in week one, <laughs> you know, or like, snap one of week one. So sure. I just think, um, I just think in, in all of those, you know, when you kind of look at it that way, it's, it's just really, really good and really beneficial. And you're sort of seeing, cause you mentioned it, you had to pay Justin Herbert. So now you're dealing with the cap situation and all of that. And like I mentioned though, this team was able to figure it out for 2023 and get everyone back that they wanted to get back and bring in a guy from the outside who they, they really saw could add value to this team. And so financially they figured it out. But you're sort of seeing this this like mentorship, younger player bond start to start to gel, and then it'll be interesting and just kind of fun to watch it grow throughout the season too. And and again, you want everyone to stay healthy, but I think the fact that these younger guys get to learn from some of these older vets, if anything is to happen, it's a great just you know learning experience that you have that you've had right in front of you for so many weeks and months. Now, we've obviously heard from a lot of different media pundits the expectations for Justin Herbert this year are top-notch sky high and obviously with an arrival like Kellen Moore to man the offensive coordinator position we've already kind of seen it in mm -hmm. in training camp as far as the aggressiveness going downfield more I wanted to get your perspective though as it relates to what have you seen differently from Justin Herbert this year in this particular scheme obviously with his receiving core Keenan Allen has just had a monster preseason and training camp but Joshua Palmer stepping up, Quinn Johnson making plays, Darius Davis being inserted into this offense. I wanted just to get your perspective on what you expect to see from Justin Herbert in this new receiving core. So I think everyone wants to see him go downfield, right? And we've seen that a lot through camp. And we had a couple of players remind the media and whoever and said, hey, look, we still took deep shots, but you know, we're probably doing it a bit more now and more consistently. You know, when Kellen Moore first came to the Chargers, I had asked him point blank, look, Justin Herbert's had a lot of change in his four, now going into four years as the quarterback of the Chargers. He's had three different offensive systems now. So 
how do you make this work? How do you figure this out? And he just said it was all about making Justin feel as comfortable as possible and making this whole thing as smooth as possible. So it came down to two, or I'm sorry, three things. It was number one, recognizing what was good. Kellen Moore had told us in one of our meetings, he played under Joe Lombardi at one point. So he was familiar with some of the things that the Chargers had previously done. Number two, implementing some of the things that he liked from Dallas that he thought worked really well. And then number three, just building it together. And Justin had told us the same thing, that it feels very customizable in a sense, that they're all sort of discussing it and, and working through it and that they've been able to really customize and sort of fine tune how they want to fine tune it. When it comes to the receiving core, I think you kind of saw some guys and heard some guys talk about this. Mike Williams specifically, they're moving guys around. I mean, Mike Williams had said, he lined up in different spots throughout this training camp. He's working the middle of the field a little bit more. And so we've heard a lot about this like basketball team that the Chargers have at wide receiver. And I'm five foot two and they're all just gigantic <laughs> to me anyway. But um, but when you have the height, Justin has the height. He can put the ball in places that no one else can get to. I mean, you can be the most athletically gifted defensive back on earth, but that heights there, you know, that's an automatic disadvantage. Again, I'm five foot two. I can understand these things when I hold a microphone up. Um, just kidding. But uh, but I think, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things that we'll see is maybe some, you know, some wide receiver movement, moving guys around. Keenan obviously is fantastic in the slot, but what else can he do now? Where else can he go? And I think you add Quentin Johnston to that mix and you're looking obviously with Joshua Palmer too, but you're looking at a really, really good receiving core that it's kind of exciting though, because we didn't really get a look at it obviously during the preseason because none of them played. And so now really we get to see week one, what is this all about? But the conversations that we have heard coaches have, players have, it seems to be going really well. And it really seems like there was just this intention from the start of really making sure everyone was on board, everyone was together and, and they were sort of building it together from the ground, not necessarily, I should say from the ground up, but building it together to get it to where they want it to be and want everyone to feel most comfortable with. One of the, one of the words other than tough and rugged, because you hear that <laughs> word, all the, those two words, like all the time, but other than those two words, words um, explosiveness or explosion or any variation of that word, I think was mentioned by so many players and coaching staff on like biggest differences between this year and years prior uh, to you. And everyone immediately thinks explosive, explosive plays down the field. Like that's not necessarily all that it is. We talked mm -hmm. about like the running game has improved drastically. How much more explosiveness do you think we're going to see in general than what we saw in years past? Because like last year, for example, the running game was kind of non-existent and Austin Eckler had to kind of do everything himself. And this year, you have a healthy offensive line. You have a little mm -hmm. bit easier, simplified run scheme. Kellen Moore comes in. Isaiah Spiller takes the next step. Like, talk to us about just explosiveness in general that we can expect. I think Joshua Kelly, too. You know, you look at that third preseason game, and he's just off and running for a 75-yard touchdown. And I talked to him after the game and made a joke, you know, in the final preseason game in 2022, he hurdled that guy in New Orleans in the in the Mercedes-Benz. Wow, room or whatever. Right. And then in this game, he's just taken off and running. And Daniel Jeremiah on the broadcast was making a joke like, man, that guy Thumper isn't a good nickname anymore for him because he's just got speed running down there. And so I think um, I think that's a great point. I think with the run game specifically, you now are 
probably it's probably going to be a little more multifaceted in a sense because you saw what Kellen Moore was able to do in Dallas with two very different style of running backs, but it worked really well for him and for them, I should say also for him. But now when you have the Eckler type and maybe pair with the Joshua Kelly, who I think we can all safely say is the solidified number two back at this point and really worked his tail off to get there. Deja vu again, because we had this conversation a year ago. Um, but it just, I think, I think it's just fitting guys really well and almost giving guys a fresh start. And so I think you'll see those explosive plays. I think the one thing is, you know, we heard Justin Herbert talk a lot about this and some of the other teammates as well, that there's sort of this, he had actually told us at one point, I think in a production meeting, the goal is to play fearless this year. And I didn't ask if he was a Swifty or anything like that, but the goal is to just play fearless and not really have to worry about everything that's going on. You don't like a play, you check out of it and get out and you go on to something new. And so I think that's the maturation that you obviously want to see now with the quarterback in his fourth year, but it's the trust that's being built between the quarterback, between the coaching staff and between the other players as well, that you're going to go out and execute this offense. And yeah, I think explosiveness is something that we'll probably see. You know, I, I don't know how much and and I don't I'm not sure everyone wants to put a label on how many deep shots will be taken every game. But um, but I think the takeaway is if it's there, they'll take it. If it's there, it's there. And that'll be fun to see because that's what we've been wanting to see. Right. And, and Justin Herbert used that incredible arm that he has. And so if you balance that with the run game, which essentially doomed them in the Jacksonville game too. They, there was just a complete inability in that second half to run the ball. These are the things that made your team better that you knew you had to work on to get better and will bode well this coming season. Now it's, I will say, we'll, we'll keep the Taylor Swift theme going. The team <laughs> needs to shake it off. What happened to Jacksonville? We know the love story between, you know, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. I mean, I can go uh-huh. play on this, but let's switch to the defense here for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of changes, Eric Ansley, more vocal, etc. Uh, what are your expectations of the defense specifically this year versus last? So I think more physicality and I think um, a lot of it is also going to come down to the addition of Eric Hendricks. I, I truly do think we have heard Brandon Staley talk about him a lot that he was sort of, look, the 2023 offseason of the Chargers was vastly different than the 2022. They weren't making all the splashy things week after week, day after day. But Eric Hendricks was a huge factor to bring him on. And Staley from the get-go said, dude, this guy's an all-pro. Like, he knows how to run the show. And he said his addition has been significant. And so keeping him in the middle there, Staley had told us that the inside linebacker group is probably the most improved group he's seen on this roster so far heading in, you know, during this offseason that just adding Kendricks, the growth of Kenneth Murray, adding Dayon, bringing these guys kind of together and all kind of bringing them along, along with Eamon and Neiman has really elevated sort of everyone to play their best football. And so when you get a veteran like Eric Kendricks in there, who is likely going to be calling plays, wearing the green dot, running the show, it's, it's helpful. And it, and it helps everyone else along, right? Because you don't have to worry, you know, the back end and Derwin's probably going to feel a lot more comfortable. And then the front end, because you've got this guy who's been there before, done it before. And so I think, you know, you also heard Joey talk a lot about wanting to get better at defending the run, which is something that this Chargers team hasn't been, you know, I don't want to say hasn't been particularly great at, but at times it's definitely been a downfall of them. So he's done things like adjusted his weight and 
gotten more physical and done more things to kind of get better at that. And again, these are really only things that you can do in a game because we haven't seen them in the preseason yet. But I think these are the things that you talk about, you grow, you build in the offseason. Then once week one is here, you know, hopefully you see a more fine tuned Chargers team than you've seen in the past. Last one, Haley, before we get you out of here, we are officially a week and a half away from football that actually counts. Mm-hmm. Week one, Chargers versus the Dolphins. Obviously, last year was a very heavily talked about game, given all of the corresponding storylines that went with it. So now the Chargers and the Dolphins will go at each other once more. And I know we're early, it's still a week and a half away, but just in terms of, I don't know, what you, I guess like an early game preview, just in terms of things that you believe that you would expect to see this offense and defense implement based off of what you've seen here and there in the preseason. Give us your Haley Elwood early preview Chargers versus Dolphins. So it's kind of funny, right? Because it's like, to me, it comes down to two distinct units. And it's the offensive unit of the Chargers versus the defensive unit of the Dolphins, because both are new. You have Vic Fangio obviously coming in, and he's someone who Chargers, the Chargers players know very well. Brandon Staley knows very well. Not having Jalen Ramsey is a huge help and a huge benefit for the Chargers to not have to face him. But this is one of those games, and and Pat Kerwin, who used to be a front office member of, of the league. He's now on Sirius XM NFL radio. He talks about these games as wild card games. These are the games that when it comes down, if you have the same record as another team and you're playing in week 18 and your seating is going to be decided on maybe strength of schedule or wins and losses, these are the games that matter because these are the wild card games that the Dolphins aren't in your division, but they're in your conference. And what's the best thing that you can do? Go out and beat them because we know that the AFC East is – absolutely insane. It's sort of the new AFC West. What the AFC West was maybe a year ago is now the AFC East. And so when you get the opportunity to kind of start out fresh from the gate with an opponent that you know a win in September could mean everything potentially come December, January, that's huge. And so that's just kind of how I look at this one. Obviously, is it a, you know, I'm not going to get into like the specifics of like must wins or anything like that, but there is a little extra like oomph on the line that you're not opening against maybe an NFC opponent or something like that. And you're opening up against an AFC opponent that's slated to potentially go pretty far. And they did last year, give or take a lot of the injuries. You know, this is a much likely healthier Miami team that the Chargers are going to be seeing this year compared to when they saw them a year ago. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm sick of the QB discourse, though. I got to be honest. Like, let's I move do. past it. Can we, can so we just move on with it? Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Look, I think, I think Chargers fans are very happy with their quarterback. I uh-huh. hope that Miami fans should be happy yeah. with theirs. Bengals fans should be happy with theirs. Let's all move on. Move forward. Yeah. It's okay. Great, guys. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can, like... <laughs> We have, there's other things to talk about. I just, I think, I think hopefully we're, we're past it. Hopefully we are done and we're moved on and and we're good, but it is just really fun that, that week one's already here again. These off seasons for me just fly by like crazy and it's going to be fun to actually have things to really talk about and games that really matter. Jake, like you said. Real football starts in a matter of days. We're less than two weeks away. Haley, thank you so much for doing this. This has been so much fun. Uh, We are finally at the brink of regular season. Haley, you were fantastic. Uh, what do you got that you're working on coming up? We just got, we we start our broadcast show in a couple weeks. I think we're filming that. That will air, I believe, on CBS2, KCBS in the market. I think it's Saturday nights, I, I want to say. So we got that. And then we're just, you know, ready to get things going here. Ready to kick off the season and 
it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also fun to open at home, which, you know, doesn't happen all the time, but pretty cool. And also just really cool that that game, they're going to retire uh, Kellen Winslow and Charlie Joyner's numbers, which yes. is an awesome sort of kickoff. And I think it's, I'm not sure if this was planned this way. I have no intel on this, but to do it like epic in Miami style, like to do of it course. against the Dolphins is actually like a pretty cool little thing that, that I kind of find fun. Fireworks in SoFi, a mere less than two weeks away. Haley, thank you so much for doing this. For Haley Elwood, Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers Unleashed, the LA Football, ne LA Football Network. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.